This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of top surgery, including incisions, blood, and drains, transphobia in the medical field, finances, pain medication, dysphoria surrounding breasts, misgendering, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the 2020 presidential election. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in talking about my top surgery? Yeah! Yeah! Let's do that! Like, okay, first of all, we're recording for the first time in, what, five years? (laughs) That, that That is as much time as has passed since early October. Yes. As we record now in early December. Yeah. I think that's the approximate time frame is five years there. Yeah. So we got a lot to catch up on, but mostly like I'm I'm very excited to hear uh about this because I've I've followed the the, the social media journey, but Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what's on the buy schedule for today. Yeah. (laughs) Um so just for context, uh people who Listen to us regularly know that uh, we took a hiatus in November because I, CJ, uh, got top surgery on Halloween this year. Um, <laughs> and I needed uh, I needed time to recover from it. My physical capabilities were quite limited while I was recovering, so I just went ahead and took the month off from podcasting. And, and now we're back, and I figured it'd be nice to talk about it because like I've been getting a lot of people asking me about like how I'm doing how it was like how did I pursue that option and why and all that and I just wanted to talk about that and hopefully if you are a listener who's even thought about top surgery a little bit you you might learn something here and I hope it helps you out yeah um I don't know I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm wow I'm rusty Again, it has been five years. It's uh, cool. Let's let's. I, this is this is easy going. Let's just chat. <laughs> I do talk when we're not recording a podcast, but not well. So you and I just <laughs> talked for fifteen minutes about Muppets Christmas Carol and how to recast to include ignorance and want. So, like, I don't know. We did. We you can talk, and I've seen it. Yeah. So I used up all of my like coherence oh, there, and now. <laughs> <laughs> For an important cause, I think. Yeah, now I'm just gonna be tripping over my tongue this whole time. Uh, but yeah, I'm hype. Where where would you like to begin? Um, I guess where I decided that I wanted to make that a part of my transition experience. Um, just I guess uh, I'll put it at the beginning do too because I always do. But like, content warning: I'm gonna be talking about surgery. 
So, like, I'm I'm not gonna try to get too gross about it because I personally am a squeamish human being, mm. but I might bring up stuff like blood and things like that. Um, so if that's something you're sensitive to, again, I'm gonna try to like gloss over that as much as I can. But like, things like that were a part of it. So yeah. you know, um, and I'm also gonna talk about boobs. So <laughs> just. It was on Halloween, so maybe boobs. boobs. My boobies. <laughs> so, um, I had been, like, pondering over the years leading mm-hmm. up to the- Because I, I came out as non-binary publicly in 2018, but, like, I sort of had the knowledge late 2017. So, like, um, I- This- I- didn't consider my relationship with my breast to be like a dysphoric one mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I had the feeling that I appreciated my breasts aesthetically when I was nude, for example, but whenever I was wearing like a shirt or clothing, anything like that, the bumps made me feel dysphoric. Hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, well, like, binders are an option and in fact there are several different types of binders so like I can wear binders when I'm in clothes and then when I'm not in clothes no I don't need the binder anymore (laughs) easy easy at it um but that posed a couple of challenges for me um if if it's the solution that works for you amazing and I love it like keep it up for me, I got a lot of sensory distress from mm. wearing something binding my chest. It wasn't to the degree that, like, I was having a hard time breathing or any of the signs that your binder is too tight or that you're wearing it wrong. Like, I was wearing it correctly and everything was healthy and all good. But wearing it, I was like, oh, God, there's something on my chest. Get it off, get it off, get Ooh. it off. Yeah. And, like, I have still felt, like, anything, like... uh swimming or wearing like an open chested shirt or something like that or even shirts where one could see like a binder strap or bra straps like that that still made me feel really really dysphoric Mm. so and I was beginning to realize at a certain point that um what I appreciated uh from the aesthetic of my breasts like while I appreciated the aesthetics they weren't my breasts like they they did not feel like a part of my body. It felt like somebody somebody else's body had been put. You know those things at like a playground or something where it's like the stacks of like the head, the neck, the yeah, yeah, uh, chest. Like around. it felt like somebody spun it around and landed on like a giraffe's chest for me or something. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> it it did not feel like me at all. Um, so. One night, I remember very distinctly, I told my partner, I need top surgery. This is something that I need Mm. in order to, like, feel like my body is mine. I remember the night distinctly because the next day, the United States went on lockdown! Ah, No. (laughs) So... That threw a wrench in the operations for a while because we couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I lost my health insurance. Mm. I was furloughed, and you know, you, I had to be inside all the time. 
and going to a doctor's particularly for what's essentially an elective surgery mm-hmm. didn't seem super well advised. And even being furloughed, my like my finances didn't come in from unemployment until like August mm. because unemployment is so cool right now. Um, so it was looking like top surgery was not going to happen for me like for a couple of years because of all that. Uh, but then I got money from unemployment. Uh, I was able to get on New Jersey's uh, family care mm. health insurance program. My partner found a job. Uh, so like our household in general had a bit more financial stability than we did when all of this began. And we were sort of at a point as a nation where like cases were starting to go down. We're back in the spike now, but like cases yeah. were a little <laughs> bit more down and we had a bit more knowledge about what, how uh, the spread happens and how to avoid it. Um, so everything lined up around September where I was like, all right, let me go ahead and get started on uh, pursuing this. I was recommended a surgeon uh, by a friend of mine who is also non-binary and got top surgery from this surgeon. Highly recommended. And I had a good experience, but I'm not going to name drop the surgeon because they didn't sponsor me. So, haha. <laughs> <laughs> you know how if surgeons you like, sponsor podcasts. If, if you, the listener, would like to know who it is I went to, drop me a line. I'm happy to answer. But, like, it, it feels weird saying the name in the audio format. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's something bizarre about it. But I went through their website on their little, like, get your consultation today form. And I was like, hi, I want top surgery. Help. <laughs> and I I sent that and was like, oh, God, I just, <laughs> I just sent it something for a consultation. And I was typing out a message to two of my friends like, oh, my God, I just asked for a consultation for top surgery. And I hit send. And then I got an email from the surgeon being like, okay, yeah, we, we can see you next week. Come on in. Dang. And I was like, Oh my god! So, yeah, the turnaround was so much faster than I anticipated. Um, it turns out that I was in a very unique position where nobody wanted to be going to doctors unless mm. they needed to. Mm-hmm. So people weren't actively seeking out cosmetic surgery. So they just happened to have appointments available. So I got on that. And then after my first consultation, um, a lot of people ask what you can expect from a first consultation. For me, and this seems to be across the board, it's literally like they take a look at your chest, assess what they can do, because there's several different approaches to top surgery. So they try to figure out which one would probably work best for you. And then um, I got a quote that day on the price of it, which... (laughs) <laughs> my health insurance didn't cover, which was terrific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just flat out said, uh, well, first I had to call them and be like, how do I know if I have coverage? And they were like, you have to ask, you have to file it two weeks before your surgery. That's really cutting it close. Like, you know this, right? And then, and they also were like, oh, your surgeon has to file it. You can't. And I was like, fine. So then I asked my surgeon to file it. And then they were like, it needs to be two weeks prior. And it's like, (laughs) at what point were you going to tell me about that? 
And then they tried to file it, and my insurance denied it. So I was looking at a crisp, uh, about $9,000 for Whew. the surgery. Yowza. So I started a GoFundMe, and was very, 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 very fortunate that um, overall I raised about 80% of the costs through uh, GoFundMe, which is pretty miraculous because not a lot of people's top surgery funds go quite so successfully. Yeah. So I was really fortunate um, to have so many people, um, like loved ones, friends, family, and strangers donated. There were people I didn't know who donated, and that was really wonderful. So I personally only wound up having to pay like 1500 for my surgery, which... Is about the same as I paid for a root canal, so, you know. <laughs> very similar. Yeah, very similar procedure. <laughs> yeah, so then, um, I was originally supposed to get, uh, like, at the consultation, apparently my chest was at the exact size that's at a border between getting periareolar surgery mm -hmm. and double incision, uh, the difference being with double incision is the one you see the most common mm -hmm. of. They uh, do two cuts uh, below the pec, remove the tissue, relocate your nipple to a more like masculine or neutral size and location on your chest and then mm -hmm. stitch it all up. Um, with periareolar, they cut a circle outside of slightly and around the nipple mm -hmm. and then get the tissue out from there and then patch it back on. Um, it's weird. It's all weird. <laughs> that was the most neutral explanation that I could give for either one of those. Oh, I appreciate so. it. I wasn't expecting myself to have such a visceral response because I'm not usually, like, squeamish. <laughs> it's weird. Like, there, there are people who will actively look up videos of their surgery before getting them. I am not that person. No. Oh my god, why, I am why? not that person. Why would someone do that? It, it works for some people. Like, yeah. it makes them feel better knowing what they're going into. And for literally anything else that's not surgery, I agree. I love knowing what I'm getting into. But this was <laughs> not the time. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. Like, like somebody men like, mentioned something about my nipples at one point, and I felt like I was going to throw up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, do not tell me anything about... Any of the process that takes my nipples from point A to point B. <laughs> I want no part of it. <laughs> I just need to know that they're there. Um, oh, fun fact uh, for anybody who doesn't know. You can elect to not have nipples. Mm. I personally kept my nipples, but you can have surgery that doesn't have nipples. I know a few people who did that, and it seems neat. But anyway... About three days before my surgery, uh, my surgeon called me and was like, Hey, I'm sorry that this is last minute. Can you come in tomorrow? Because I've been looking at the pictures from our last consult, and I think that we might need to do double incision instead of periareolar. Mm. Like, I think that you're right on the cusp. Because um, when we were originally talking about getting periareolar, he's like, it's a little, it's a slightly trickier. And I was like, but doable? And he's like, doable, doable. Just like slightly more complicated. Um, but he, after taking another gander at it, he decided that double incision would get me the best and safest results overall. Mm. So I was like, 
great um, and completely agree with his decision there. And I love my scars for sure. It was just three days before my surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like... Rough time for change. Okay, cool. Just gonna go ahead and cope with that change for just real quick. Which is great. Uh, so, yeah, that was... <laughs> I... Yeah, so the... Leading up to it, um, my daily life didn't change too much. I personally chose to abstain from drinking for the full month prior. You don't need to do that. <laughs> I am just an anxious person, and anesthesia can interact with alcohol in a poor way if you drink it, like, the night before mm. or something. Or if you drink it so much that it damages your organs. I was in neither category, but boy, did I feel very anxious. So I was just like, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead, play it safe. I had a hashtag sober October. And then I had to stop taking ibuprofen two weeks prior. You're not allowed to take anything like uh, anti-inflammatories because it like thins out your blood, question mark. Right. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just didn't take the darn stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I was really anxious leading up to it. Um, I made myself sick, like, not throwing up, um, but, like, I had, like, some symptoms of a cold, and then it turned out I didn't have a cold at all. Oh. My anxiety just went ahead and decided I did. <laughs> so that was great. But what really helped me was, um, and for anybody who's anxious leading up to their surgery, I kept a journal and wrote down all my feelings in it. And I think I've recommended that before on the podcast for like yes. several things, but it really helped me like have my feelings and my thoughts and my fears in like a uh, space and to dedicate time for myself to like unpack what I was about to go through. Mm. So that really helped me out. And other than that, I really just like watched movies I like and know the ending too, so it wasn't too tense for me there. And then it was my surgery date. I won't get too far into it except to tell like a story. Mm -hmm. So got to the surgery off surgeon's office at like seven AM. My surgery was at seven AM. <sighs> so I was a sleepy sleepy kid. And they pretty immediately uh, what was really nice was um the surgeons that day like the office absolutely everybody there was there for my surgery oh nobody was doing anything else that day so i felt very attended to it was yeah. lovely vip yeah exactly i'm like mm -hmm, everyone's about me today they took me uh, one of the nurses uh took me back to change into like surgery garb like you know the gown and all of that and uh, she gave me compressed compression socks to wear. These little, like, weird teal numbers with, like, the padding on the foot. Hmm. And she made a specific point as she was, like, giving me the stuff. She gave me the socks to put on. And she's like, and you can keep these afterward. And, like, <laughs> I was super anxious. And I didn't have, like, a need for these socks. So I was just like, great. Good to know. Are they... <laughs> Are they helpful at all in recovery, or was it just, like, a, a perk? <laughs> uh, compression socks can, like, compression socks and, like, stuff for your arms as well can be helpful because, like, sometimes there can be, like, swelling of uh, the joints, mm. like, the arms and feet and stuff like that. 
I, I got like some swelling in the arms that like a more like a swelling feeling at one point in the arms and I just elevated my arm onto a pillow and that solved it right away. Um, compression socks can help with surgery. It just was weird in the moment that yeah. she was like, and you can keep these. And I'm like, <laughs> great. I am literally fr-. like, I was like actively crying at the point. Oh, I'm like, no. great, good. Thanks for the socks. Um, and then they took me back, gave me anti-nausea medication. Highly recommend that. Uh, mm. cause some people get nauseous after anesthesia. Laid me on the surgeon's table. I, <laughs> there's, okay, sorry. There's a few stories from my surgery. One was that I was actively, like, laying down on the surgeon's table, and one of the nurses, I don't remember who, because it felt like there were 70 people, and they were all <laughs> doing, like, different, like, oh, they would all inform me ahead of time mm-hmm. when they were about to do something. But oh. several people were doing things at the same time. So it'd be like, okay, CJ, what I'm doing, right? okay, CJ, so I'm doing this. And I'm oh, like, oh, no. Everyone, one at a time, or just don't warn me. <laughs> uh, but one of the nurses, uh, when referring to me, to the surgeon, was like, and uh, she, he, they, and I was like, how the fuck am I getting misgendered while I'm about to get my tits cut off? Uh. <laughs> like, they recovered it really quickly, but I was like, this is the exact situation where somebody should know I'm not a woman. I'm getting my boobies removed. <laughs> What else can I possibly do to not get misgendered? <laughs> so the lesson there is that cis people, you should maybe just work a little harder on not misgendering people because if I can't even get my boobs cut off without getting misgendered, then what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> and then I uh, got the IV in with my uh, with the anesthesia and then uh, I just like, stared at my nurses really intensely because I was, like, physically exhausted but emotionally screaming. Mm -hmm. So I just, like, sat there looking at them and they're like, it's fine, you're gonna be asleep soon. And I did not feel like I was gonna be asleep soon and I'm just, like, staring at them. (laughs) And they're like, it's fine, it's okay, it's okay to be scared, you're gonna, you're gonna be out soon. And I'm like, ah, and then I woke up. And I don't remember waking up. This is the point of the tale in which I am quite high. Yeah. Yeah. I got my wisdom teeth taken out a couple of years ago and everybody was like, oh, you're going to be loopy afterwards. And I was not loopy at all. So I just was under the impression that that was going to be the score for me for the rest of my life. If I ever got surgery that needed anesthesia, that was just how it was going to be. Oh, no. no. I was... Hi. <laughs> I remember everything very hazily. I, I remember looking at another nurse, different from the one from before, and saying, I need to pee right now. <laughs> and she was like, all right, we're, we're just going to have you chill out for a little bit. I know you probably got to pee, but like, you're still a little woozy, so we're going to have you lay down. And very like... Matter of factly, I looked her in the eye and was like, I'm nervous that if I don't go to the restroom right now, I'm going to pee on the operating table. Like, I I am going to pee right here. (laughs) And the next thing I remember, I was in the bathroom. (laughs) You said the magic words. Exactly. (laughs) It turns out people don't want me peeing on their operating tables. It's the darndest thing. 
Um, and this nurse who, recall, was different than the nurse from before, led me back to, like, the locker room to go get my street clothes and stuff back. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, helping me change out of the surgery stuff. And the second she goes near the socks, I'm like, I get to keep those, right? <laughs> told me i was just like but i didn't provide that context i just want i get to keep those right and she was like you can keep them if you want and i was like i was told i can keep them (laughs) (laughs) and she was like you can have them if you want I did, in fact, bring them home, but I think only one has made it, so I have exactly one compression sock. One ugly compression sock. Where did it go? In my sock drawer, because I don't know what else to do with it, because I was so insistent on keeping it. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, she let me keep the socks. Um, I... Apparently signed a form at some point. Um, They brought Tim into the room so that they could give him the instructions because I do not remember being given any instructions, but I remember Tim Tim entering the room and going, Tim! And I remember signing the form. I don't remember any of the outpatient at all. (laughs) I don't think that I would think to have someone sign, sign, like, something, any kind of paperwork while they're... Well, it it was it was my signature, and then Tim had to sign it as well to gotcha. confirm that somebody who wasn't me had heard the instructions. Got okay. It was just that it was just receipt of instructions. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I I wasn't like pledging myself to anything. It was just like don't drive for the next twenty four hours. And then someone who's not high is like, got it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So Tim drove me home. And it didn't really hurt because I was still riding that anesthesia train. And I spent the entire time telling him how uh, Disney Cinderella is the weakest of the classic Disney films. (laughs) Which, to be fair, I still stand by, but I don't think I had to go into it with the detail that I did. Look, priorities change sometimes in that moment, and it's like, it's all about socks and letting people know about Cinderella. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, my God. I forgot. Um. So uh, before Tim drove me home, they wheelchaired me out mm-hmm. to the car and the nurse uh, wheeling me out. Uh, I don't remember if it was the one who like misgendered me at the table. Again, there were like 76 of them. And I don't remember at what point she misgendered me by mistake. But while she was wheeling me out, she was like, I'm so sorry for using the wrong pronoun for you at some point. Like... I, I want to let you know that I feel bad about that, and I'm working on using they, them pronouns for sure. I do feel bad about And I was like, Paula, listen. Her name isn't Paula. Yeah. I'm just, I'm making, I was like, Paula, it's okay. What, what you can do is go get, there's a book. It's called A Quick and Easy Guide to They, Them Pronouns. <laughs> and it teaches you all about they, them pronouns. And she was like, that's good to know. Thank you. And she's, like, helping me into the car at that point. And I was like, Paula, I'm sorry for yelling at you about peeing earlier. 
And she was like, it's okay, you had to go. And I was like, Paula, I feel really bad that I yelled at you. <laughs> God. Imagine uh, having that, like, th- with that job, the frequency of conversations one must have with people just completely out of their gourds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Also, I, I think there's something very beautiful about the fact that you were so fixated on Cinderella and also managed to lose a single piece of footwear on the way home. No way! <laughs> ah! This is exactly how Cinderella went, too. <laughs> yup. Cinderella, but with compression socks. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Seems less romantic somehow. <laughs> I I need to find the owner of this glass compression sock. Uh. <laughs> But then I uh, I went home and thus began my couple of weeks of recovery. Um, I uh, I wasn't in a whole lot of pain, mm-hmm. just like a general soreness in the area. Um, I was on pain medications, which was incredibly helpful. Um, they put me on uh, Oxycontin for like the first. They they, they gave me stronger medication Mm -hmm. and less strong medication so my stronger medication was oxycontin Mm -hmm. and that was for if it felt like particularly bad gotcha um and then i was given if it was better but i still like with pain medication uh, after surgery like you want to make sure that you're not chasing the pain like you don't want to be in pain and that's the moment you decide that it's too much and you need to take medication yeah because at that point you're still going to be waiting a long time for the medication to actually set in um so for that purpose i was given acetaminophen with codeine in it Hmm. which is essentially in layman's term uh spicy tylenol yeah 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 (laughs) it's just spicy it's tylenol with a little more kick so I was taking those pretty regularly, so, like, I was good. Because, uh, like, Oxycontin, I know, is, like, a thing, and there's an opioid uh, problem. Uh, opiate? Op- opioid, opioid, yeah. Yeah. There's an opioid issue, and I fully recognize that. You can ask your surgeon uh, to prescribe you something less than, like, narcotics mm. if you need that. Um, I don't have any history in that regard uh so i felt comfortable using it and stopping using it when i needed to stop using it but there are other options yeah there's plenty of other options and you can work with your surgeon on uh what works best for you cool so i really just spent a couple of weeks hanging out on my couch um i uh had some family members uh one at a time to keep covid safe they would come visit me during the day while Tim was at work, uh, mostly to help me with, like, propping myself from a sitting to standing position mm. and uh, help- assisting me with my drains, small attachments around the incisions to drain out excess blood. Uh, again, I am very squeamish, so I did not feel comfortable doing that myself because I felt like I was just going to straight up pass out, so... Mm. Um, my loved ones who are less squeamish than me assisted me with that, which was terrific. And they also made me food, uh, which is great because I certainly couldn't cook at that point. <laughs> the really nice thing about top surgery, uh, at least in my experience, is once you don't throw up after, like they ask, they say you should eat something light to start off with, 
just to make sure that you're not still nauseous. Mm. And then after that, you can eat whatever you want. As long as it's not anti-inflammatory medication. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and you're not allowed to uh, drink alcohol if you're using painkillers. Right, right. Other than that, like, I had, like, a bur- breakfast burrito from Wawa the next day. I'm telling you, you could eat anything. So that was really fortunate. <laughs> and that's one of the big pros of getting a, any kind of big procedure. I've got... Cartoons told me, as a child, that um, tonsillitis meant a, a bunch of ice cream. And some yes. part of my lizard brain was like, if I get any kind of surgery, I will be showered in sweets. Mm. <laughs> that that happened for me, less with sweets and more with meals, mm. which is great. Um, but Tim and I wound up having a lot of leftover meals from people cooking for us. Mm. And at a certain point, it got to the point where we were like, stop cooking. (laughs) Everyone stop. It's going bad. We can't. (laughs) Especially since, like, I could eat whatever I wanted, but, like, there was only a certain amount that I could eat before I felt, like, full. I was feeling pretty bloaty for a good bit back there. Mm. I'm better now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'd say the hardest was a week after. And even then, like, it was a lot more manageable than I I thought I was going to be in, like, a lot of pain. Uh, I, I, like, prepped myself up for surgery, like, saying a month of pain for a life of joy. Um, Oh, that's lovely. Which was good. I found that uh, I was expecting a different sort of pain than I got. Like, the physical pain of the scars and stuff, like, it it, it hurt, and, like, it still feels a little sore to the touch mm-hmm. today. It was more sort of being wrapped up in ace bandages that felt really itchy. Gotcha. The drains hurt while they were in there, mm. though. I'll say getting them out, it was, it was one second. It was really fast. Everybody dreads getting the drains out. It took no time at all. It was way easier than I thought. Y'all can tell I'm really squeamish about a lot of stuff, and I really did not have a huge problem getting my drains out. So, yeah. Uh, the Oh, uh, another very cool thing about the first week of my recovery was that it was the 2020 presidential election. So, a little bit of a, a emotional stress, perhaps, on the side. <laughs> I perhaps did not get the amount of emotional and physical rest that I should have been getting at the time. Uh, a lot of my time was spent waking up randomly at three in the morning, as is usually my want to do anyway. Yeah. And then being like, well, while I'm awake, I should go see if anyone has been declared a winner. And then I'd be awake for the next two hours. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it was definitely like, I-, I thought that I was going to be riding that painkiller energy throughout the week, but I way was not, and instead was just like, ow, my chest hurts. I hope that we don't get fascism again. <laughs> um, so I guess if you're pursuing top surgery, I would suggest not recovering during the 2020 presidential election. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the second week, uh, I was able to, like, change my bandages and stuff like that, which was a nice little, I'd get a little daily, like, oh, look at my chest, yay! (laughs) And then I'd have to bandage it back up again. And then, after a couple of weeks, uh, I'm not gonna get too into the nitty-gritty of what, like, the transition out of bandages looks like, Mm. because it's a little 
blood yucky, mm. skin yucky. There's a nipple hell that happens, <laughs> which I won't describe besides using the words nipple hell. That's evocative, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was living it for a bit, but my bandages are now off. My chest is uh, just going out. I, uh, I have to wear compressive shirts for a couple of weeks. I think I'm on like week three of wearing compressive shirts. So I'm just literally wearing Under Armour at all times right now, which is a different sporty energy that my body is keeping up with. Mm. Um, I'm able to like go on walks again and stuff like that, which is terrific, but I still can't reach very high. I can't do like exercises. Um, I was only able to drive like two weeks ago or something. Mm. And that was really just out of necessity. I'm not like driving around. And sometimes the, in the incision points still hurt. It's almost like I got two huge cuts on my chest. Almost. Um, yeah, almost like, but it really feels more like, um, uh, for those of us who, uh, ovulate, uh, it feels more like when your chest is tender leading up to your period. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just feels like I'm going through that all the time. Okay. I mean, there's worse things, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And, like, sometimes, like, it feels like if I move a certain way, it sort of feels, it feels like if there was a string bound across my chest. Huh. Like, that's where the, the, the incisions feel like. But, like, I'm hydrating them and stuff like that. Gotta, like, put lotion on them. Um, but the healing process is going really straightforward for me. The incisions are healing up well. I'm right on track. Great. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I had, I had a pretty good experience with my top surgery. That's awesome. How are you feeling right now, like, emotionally about, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I... Every day is a nice little fashion day where I can put on a new shirt and go, I get to wear this shirt without boobs. <laughs> I'm literally tearing up right now thinking about the first time I put on a white shirt. Oh. A plain white shirt. I kept in my in my aforementioned journal, the front page was what I was looking forward to mm-hmm. after top surgery. And I think item number one is wearing a plain white t-shirt. And I put it on, and I was like, oh my god, I, I, I get to have this now. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, it's, uh, my, my apartment's on the first floor, mm-hmm. um, so if, you, if somebody were to look in through the windows, they could see as clear as day. They don't usually, but it's something I was conscious of before. If I was, like, topless in my apartment, like, I shouldn't get near the windows, lest somebody, if somebody were to accidentally glance in. Right. But the first day that I, like, walked into my kitchen with just, like, my pants on, I was like, oh, I get to just, oh, I get to just, I get to just do that. Hey. I don't have to worry about people looking at my chest anymore. <laughs> and, like, I post uh, the occasional picture of uh, my scars on social media just to, like, inform people of like how my recovery is going and stuff like that and I usually nest the pictures but like I can post my chest online yeah that is a whole new experience Instagram won't yell at you Instagram won't yell at me 
I personally think Instagram shouldn't yell at fucking anybody. Yes. For putting nipples on there. It is, like, God, there are so many anti-sex worker regulations happening right now, and it sucks ass. Um, yeah. But through all those, I personally am allowed to post my chest on the internet now. Hooray. That's an interesting switch. <laughs> <laughs> an option is now available to you. Yeah, like, I, I, I have never felt, like, I, I have always felt personally comfortable, like, if people saw my chest pre-surgery, I always felt, like, absolutely comfortable with that, but I knew that there was, like, a society thing mm-hmm. that was, like, you, like, you can't expose breasts or, like, breasts are, like, a sexual organ, stuff like that. <sighs> so I wasn't going around, like, exposing my boobs willy-nilly, but, like, I always felt comfortable in that, like, having that level, but it didn't match my body. So that's part of what I mean when I was like, this isn't my body. Like, this isn't how I view my body and interact with my body. So now, like, having that, I'm like, huh. I'm interested to see how my first day of swimming is gonna go. Ooh, yeah. It's a while until I do that. I have no, like, I feel like part of me, like, I'm gonna, like, be around people and I'm gonna, like, take off my shirt and I'm immediately gonna, like, cover my chest (laughs) reflexively. It's gonna be some muscle memory, probably, for a bit, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be like, are people staring at my tits? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Which I'm I'm prepared, like, I'll have scars, so, like, people will probably, like, glance at that at some point, but, like, they're allowed yeah it's different it's weird it's different it's different it's very different so i'm at sort of the exact point in the year where i have time to acclimate myself and warm up to that it's not like i'm at the end of my recovery in june you know right right yeah you've got you got all winter (laughs) yeah (laughs) like great now i can show off my chest if i don't have 12 sweaters on me right now i'll die What would you say to somebody uh, who's considering top surgery or on the fence? Um, it is a definitely 100% your decision if this is a step for you in your transition. You want to make sure that any decision that you're making is for you. Mm. Uh, th- this was a talk that Tim and I had at one point um, where he checked in with me to make sure that I wasn't getting surgery just so I wouldn't get misgendered or just so, like, people would see me as this. Because the unfortunate part is that people are still going to misgender you because we live in the bad world. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, but there is sort of, like, a clarity with that as well, where it's like, there is no thing that you have to do to reach this thing that is essentially unobtainable in our society so then the choice is yours what steps you take there's not a checklist that you have to be like in order for me to be a woman i have to do this this and this you get to decide what your womanhood looks like right you know so um if top surgery is looking like or any type of surgery is looking like that is a step for you in your transition um i will also say I've seen a few people um, go through this exact same cycle, so I want to let you know ahead of time that um, you can want surgery 
all you want, and then the second that it becomes closer to being a reality, you're gonna have some doubts. Yeah, right. That is 100% normal and natural, and basically everybody does the exact same thing. Because it's different for something to be theoretical and, like, aspirational, and then for it to be approaching. Especially a surgery. Like, a surgery feels like a pretty major, permanent change. So, like, Mm -hmm. yes, it is absolutely 100% normal for you to feel doubts uh, as you make steps to actualizing it. That doubt doesn't mean that it's the wrong decision for you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which is why I, again, recommend journaling it so you can have the feelings down So, like, there are entries that I have in that journal where when I was in doubt, I would look back on what I said before, and all the other entries were like, I would give anything to not have tits anymore. Get these off of me. And I'm like, right, I'm just really nervous right now, but, like, this (laughs) whole time, I've not wanted breasts. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a a really good suggestion. Yeah, but if you're feeling doubts about actualizing surgery... Again, it is not something you have to do until you feel certain, but in my experience, there is not a timeline in which you will feel 100% certain every single day leading up to surgery that you want this surgery definitely. Yeah, it's it's very human to second-guess any kind of big decision Mm -hmm. at all. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, like, those fears, those doubts and everything like that, are just a natural part mm-hmm. of the process, and it is not a sign that this is the wrong decision for you. Mm. Yeah, I, that was really that was really good. Uh, good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Also, get a wedge pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's also very good advice. <laughs> Especially if you have trouble sleeping on your back, like I do. Wedge pillow so helpful. Mm. Oh, I didn't even think about. Oh, yeah, you are not allowed to sleep on your side or your tummy. Oh, no. Yeah, though, I will say, uh, because a lot of people are like, oh, no, what if I'm not able to sleep? And, like, I did have a little more difficulty sleeping on my back than my side or my stomach, but your chest is gonna hurt enough that sleeping on your side or your stomach is already not going to feel comfortable. (laughs) Your body does not want you to be doing that right now, and at some point you're gonna have to be unconscious. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) if you just keep laying on your back... Eventually, you're going to fall asleep. (laughs) Like, your body is going to tell you what it needs, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Great. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up today? Um, Hmm. I don't know. I'm feeling like, I don't know if there's, like, something I want to tell cis people as, like, advice. Because, like, I got really overwhelming support for my decision when I shared it. So, like, overall, I had, like, a really good um, experience in that regard. Mm -hmm. I would say that if a trans person is like, I have made the decision to get this surgery, that's their decision. Yeah. I didn't experience this, but I see people being like, are you sure? Did you think about this enough? Always trust that the person has thought about this way more than you could possibly even fathom. (laughs) I, I don't know that there are many people in the world who willy-nilly get, like, consultations for surgeries without thinking about it. That's that's not really how most humans function. 
Yeah, it's... It, my my mom, um, who was 100% supportive, and this is not me about to be like, my mom was bad about yeah. She She made the joke, because I am a very anxious human being and don't like needles and medical stuff and, like, the concept of dead, uh, the possibility of death and, like, all of that stuff. We were talking on the phone at one point. She was like, I was, I was surprised that you chose to have a, like, she knew that I needed the surgery. Mm -hmm. Like, that wasn't the question, but she was like, I was surprised that you opted into a surgery that was not life or death. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, of course, like, I, I did feel it necessary, but I was, it, I was not literally about to die, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, she was like, I'm surprised that you, you vol- you you chose this thing to do that involves needles and pain and blood and all that and I'm like right yeah <laughs> I'm surprised too because <laughs> I mean there's both are important and in some cases yeah like life saving but like top surgery is very different from like an appendectomy <laughs> yes yeah exactly I- i'm saying that like my appendix didn't rupture yes yeah like, my-, my boobs didn't rupture and uh, the-, the doctor's like oh no they need surgery they're dying yeah <laughs> they're very they're different things um <laughs> so yeah I-, I would also say that like if you're about to tell a trans person like now you can be your true self after surgery <sighs> I don't want to speak for every trans person, but maybe that's not the thing we want to hear. Because there's nothing we need to do in order to be ourselves. This is just something that will make us feel more affirmed in our gender. Yeah. I am not more myself now that I don't have boobs. You know? I, I am not I am not a different human being than I once was. I'm still CJ. I'm still going to info dump about bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't go away. I just don't have, I I am not now my true self, you know, it like the transition doesn't work like that. It's not like, and here's all the things I knew I need to do to be my gender, to be myself. Yeah. Especially since like I was incredibly fortunate to be able to get this surgery despite not being covered by insurance. Like, there are people who that is a 100%, like, non-starter if they can't be completely covered by their insurance. Mm-hmm. I am incredibly, incredibly fortunate, and that is not the case for everybody. So there are people who, like, want top surgery, but they can't have it because our medical system is bad and our economy is garbage. Right, and they are still themselves you're not gonna tell them that they yeah. can't afford to be their true selves <laughs> that's yeah. weird i also like i don't know maybe don't say something to a trans person um in the situation that you wouldn't say to a cis friend who is getting a medical procedure or has good news at all like you're not gonna go up to a friend who's like oh i got the job uh, at the place that i applied to and you're not gonna be like now you can be your true self <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, oh, I completely forgot to mention, I also had to get a ther- a letter from a therapist ah, to yeah. get the surgery, which is just so fucking cool that our health... Se- I, I was getting my surgery in the same spot where cis women can walk in every single day and get boobs added on. Mm-hmm. And I celebrate their decision, but they don't need to 
have a therapist say that they're of sound mind and body to do that. They, like, I had to get diagnosed with gender dysphoria in order to pursue surgery. Cool. A cosmetic surgery. Cool. And some places require two letters. Also, P.S., I don't see a therapist yet. It's a goal of mine, but I don't see a therapist yet. So I just happen to be really fortunate to find a therapist in, like, a support group I'm in who, like, was able to do that for me. But that's another obstacle. Yeah, yeah. And a yucky one. It just sucks. I'm just gonna say it. It sucks out loud that cis people are allowed to do whatever they want with their bodies, but I apparently need to have gender mental illness in order to do what I want with mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's that's a real it's a real bummer. Uh <laughs> yeah. God. And the obstacles are there further for non-binary people yeah. because, like, if it, it, even, like, transgender surgery is still a really binary thing. Yes. Like, I, uh, on the website for the surgeon, it was like, oh, this is female to male surgery. And I'm like, well, I'm not going in that direction, but, like, I get what you mean. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of stuff that was like, okay, on paper is different than how the surgeon is actually treating me. They just have to, like, write it down like this so that insurance companies won't give a shit mm -hmm. uh but there is not a lot of help for non-binary people in the medical field and no. top surgery <laughs> is not an exception to that no I, there are people out there who have to like essentially lie to get the paperwork they need to get the hormones or the surgery that they need uh yeah and that's not ideal obviously <laughs> Nobody, no. nobody's like, yes, I want to lie to this therapist. <laughs> yeah. Not a single person I, wants that. I, yeah, I was definitely nervous. Like, the therapist I saw, again, I'm not going to put them on blast, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, and they were great. Uh, but, again, feels weird to be like, and it was this person. Yeah. Um, the therapist I saw, like, we, we were, it was like, I felt nervous about talking about, like, my non-binary identity. Mm -hmm. Because I was nervous that that was gonna, like, become a non-starter. Not for the therapist, who is also transgender, but I was nervous that I'd, like, show it to my surgeon and they'd be like, Oh, you're not trying to be a man? Bye. <laughs> Especially since I'm not on testosterone. My surgeon didn't require me to be on T, but some surgeons do. Which sucks. <laughs> Our healthcare system is bad in so many ways. It's bad. So many it's ways. It's bad. So all that is to say, cis people, that if you think that people need to medically transition in order to be their gender, then you fucking pay for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. If you have $10,000 burning a hole in your pocket, you can go ahead and make sure a trans person lives up to your fucking standards. <laughs> but until then, shut the fuck up. And also, you go change the healthcare system. <laughs> you inform them about non-binary identity and why there shouldn't be different obstacles to <laughs> treatment. You go fix healthcare. <laughs> if you give so much of a shit. Yeah. Ugh. Unless every cis person ponies up $10,000 for every trans person that wants medical transition. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm proposing a cis tax, but... I I am going to say that if you won't. 
<laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's been an absolute treat. I I love not having boobs anymore. I I definitely feel much more comfortable in my body now, despite still not feeling entirely comfortable in my body because mm. of the aforementioned soreness. Right. I'm super excited for when my body is back to full mobility to run and jump and climb trees. I want to get swole real bad. <laughs> get buff. Get buff. But in the meantime, I still need to technically... I, I, I am still technically recovering, right. even though, like, I, I can, like, walk around and stuff. But yeah, I can podcast. That doesn't require <laughs> physical... I, let it be said of podcasters, we do not have physical um, <laughs> limitations. Nope. <laughs> There's no physical fitness component to being a podcaster. Sometimes you don't even have to get out of your pajamas. That's true. It's true. Hypothetically. 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 <laughs> Very hypothetically. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just kicking it, but I'm excited to be... I'm excited to be back to doing podcasting, to doing this podcast, talking with you. It is good to I'm be back. I'm excited to talk to other queer people. Yes. I'm excited to topple the patriarchy and capitalism. Really excited to topple capitalism. That's going to be <laughs> awesome. At this point, I'm like, any second that we don't spend doing that is a waste of all of our fucking time. It would really solve a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm on month, I don't know what, of the pandemic, and I'm ready to topple a government or two. Ooh. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I can't physically topple a government right now. Um, I can't lift uh, more than a certain amount of pounds. Oh, but once CJ's recovered, look out. <laughs> the The second that I, the second I'm allowed to topple anything, it is over for you bitches. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> CJ's gonna scoop their hands under one side of the government and just flip it <laughs> right on its head. I have a little, I have a little grabber thing, like an extendo arm, yeah. uh, that helps me get high things and like cabinets and stuff. I'm gonna use that to topple the government. <laughs> just gonna grab the government by the end and just flippy it up. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I think it'll really help. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for. Giving me space to talk for 95% of this podcast oh. episode. Of course. Listeners, if you don't like my voice, bad news. <laughs> I, I, I don't know uh, that they would be longtime listeners if that was the case. It's <laughs> it is just our voices and a guest. <laughs> That's true. That's really true. If you don't like my voice, then don't visit me in the audio space. What are you doing? Yeah. It's a podcast. <laughs> There's... Yeah. If you're only here for my rockin' hot bod, just say so. Just go to their YouTube. This is the wrong format. <laughs> my poor, my vastly underserved YouTube channel. <laughs> All right, should we wrap things up? Sure. I don't know how to end this one. Uh, I I guess listen to our podcast some more. Uh, thank you all again for your patience during the hiatus. Um, I really appreciate it. The opportunity to take a month to just focus on my health mm. uh, and recovery. Um, it was really nice to have that despite missing podcasting. Um, I appreciate everybody's patience. Um, 
now and we're back on track so don't even worry about it um this this could be a good time to uh subscribe on apple podcasts or Mm. follow us on spotify um that's a really good way of knowing right off the bat when we release new episodes when we come out of month-long hiatuses to release another episode um now is the time we're also we're also on social media we're on facebook twitter um i think those are the social medias we're on yes twitter we're at gay agenda cast um we're also on patreon as is uh, our good friend and my sister, Rachel Beatbox Higgins <laughs> and Tiny Sneal. There's a there's an episode about uh, Cats Don't Dance due on the Patreon oh, soon, so you can go check that out there. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. And the Patreon is super helpful um, once we get into the uh, new year of... Uh, more guests and all mm-hmm. that we're still compensating them for being on the show so joining us on patreon really helps with that endeavor making sure that people are given money for their work yee yeah uh <laughs> it feels <laughs> I maybe ooh. hold on let's workshop this maybe next time when we do a month long hiatus and this is my fault as well maybe next time when we do a month long hiatus and come back we should like try out the wheels on like what our usual episode is like yeah, <laughs> so I... that we know how to like do the episodes because <laughs> I'm like and there you have it that was a podcast I inhaled I went to talk and then my mind went 100% blank <laughs> I forgot where I was. I forgot who I am. Uh, <laughs> and who I am is uh, at underscore glitter goblin underscore on Twitter if you want to uh, tweet at me. Um, I don't who know. Who they are is the brand, baby. <laughs> it's all about the brand and the brand is glitter goblin. Tweet at me things to say when I forget what to say on the podcast. Uh, and we'll see you next time for our new Queers Resolutions. Yeah! So thank you for joining us. Until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Do something today that helps you feel comfy. For a second, I thought you were gonna, like, not that it would have been the smart idea. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were gonna be like, change the world, love yourself, get tired. <laughs> I I figured that was under the umbrella of doing something that makes you comfy. If it's if it's pursuing yeah. top surgery, cool. If it's staying in your pajamas, hypothetically, cool. Everyone cut your tits off. No tits allowed. No no tit 2021. 2021. No one has boobs. What a sad world. Oh, it is. I like boobs. I think that's the button to end on. <laughs> that's it. I like boobs. I like boobs too. Bye, everyone. Bye. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda.